0: Hello, and welcome to the Simply and Fiercely Show, a podcast for women who want to clear their clutter and create space for freedom and joy. If your life keeps getting bigger, but not better, keep listening to learn about decluttering from the inside out. It's about creating a life that's aligned with your values and priorities so you can have more of what matters and less of what doesn't. I'm your host, Jennifer, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's get started.
1: Hi everyone, it's Jennifer here and welcome to the Simply and Fiercely show. This is the first episode of 2024, which is actually really perfect timing uh, because today I want to talk to you about decluttering and goal setting. And to get straight to the point, what I really want to drive home is why living with less shouldn't be your goal this year. And I know that might sound like a really weird thing to say, probably not what you're expecting from me. Um if you are new here one thing you should know about me is that I am quite passionate about decluttering and simple living. But at the same time I'm very wary of decluttering or any decluttering advice that is really focused on like getting rid of as much as possible or focusing on numbers, right? You've probably heard of like different decluttering challenges or hacks or programs where it's like, oh, hey, this is 2024. Uh, let's try to declutter 2024 items, right? Or these like 30 day decluttering challenges. And to be clear, I think that these can be helpful in the short term. It's almost like a productivity hack, right? Having a set number or a set goal can be really helpful in terms of keeping you accountable and keeping you motivated. But we just have to make sure that big picture, or that we don't lose sight of the big picture, that your ultimate goal isn't, hey, can I declutter as much as possible? Because I just don't think that's what most people want. And I just want to break that down today, just really get into the nitty gritty why, you know, living with less shouldn't be the goal, what your goal should be instead. And also, I guess, about how you achieve that goal matters. From someone who has spent, you know, the past nearly 10 years, or maybe longer than 10 years, always get confused. <laughs> but we spent a lot of time, let's just say that, um, decluttering my own life and then writing and talking and teaching other people how to declutter and simplify. I really believe that the way you approach it matters. The way that you set your goals matter um, in terms of not just like achieving your decluttering, quote unquote, in terms of how much you get rid of, but just the whole experience. What happens on the other end? What is your life going to be like once you get rid of all this stuff that you've been kind of obsessing over? So um, that might sound a bit vague, but let's just dive in and I'm hoping that it will all make sense as we go. I guess a good place to start is just with a little bit of my own experience. If you are new here, I have been living a quote-unquote minimalist lifestyle for over a decade and from the outside looking in, that has varied a lot over the years. So I think when I first started um, really simplifying, um, I ended up in a spot where my now husband and I were living in a studio apartment. It was about about 140 square feet, I think. It was furnished. So most of the stuff in the house, um, we didn't own. We didn't even have a private kitchen and bathroom that was shared with our neighbors down the hall. So at that period, I guess one of the things I used to pride myself on was like, oh, look, everything we own fits into the back of our car. We had a little Toyota Echo hatchback at the time, right? Yeah. And I really thought that was something to be proud of. Back then, I was reading a lot of blog posts about decluttering. Um, and there was this big thing at the time, this trend sort of in early to mid 2010s where people were publishing these posts Were like, oh, look, I only own... 240 items or however many. They were actually publishing lists of everything they own, which at the time I found interesting. But looking back, I'm like, what? <laughs> like, it's it's a bit ridiculous now. But anyway, that's kind of where I started my decluttering journey. No, wait, a minute, that's not accurate. I started out my decluttering journey struggling for a very long time. But once I kind of made progress, I guess that's where I started my minimalist journey. That's a lifestyle I lived for a while. And then I took things even a bit more extreme. I went on my honeymoon. So when I got married, because we had been living this really minimalist lifestyle for quite a few years, living well below our means, we were able to go on a seven-month honeymoon. And so then we traveled around the world um, with carry-on luggage only for about seven months. Now, if you contrast that to fast forward to today, I guess, I have two kids. They are three and six. (laughs) Um, We live in a two-bedroom apartment. It's about 660 square feet. So, you know, probably small to a lot of people, but obviously a lot bigger than how I used to live. And what I now know when I reflect on all these sort of different stages of my minimalist journey, sure, from the outside, it looks different, right? I was, quote-unquote, again, more minimalist at some stages, But really, I no longer believe that because deep down, minimalism to me is not how much stuff you own. Instead, it is about alignment. And this is something I could talk about for hours. Um, I won't. I'll save you that. But really, my belief is that minimalism is about looking at your lifestyle, right? What is your values, your priorities, but not just that, like your circumstances, Um, that can be things like your income level, your health, where you live, right? Uh, I live here in Australia and there are people who live in the outback who are, you know, a half day, a day even from the shops. And obviously they are going to need to keep things, you know, more things just in case than I do. I live in a very urban environment. It's like a five minute walk to the grocery store, right? I can live more minimalist because it's easy for me to get to the shops. People who have Different living circumstances. And again, it's not just location. They may may need to keep more stuff. So, minimalism for me is not about that number. It's not about what's in your home. What it's about is, again, defining for yourself how much is enough and then editing, I guess. Editing is probably the best word. Editing your life accordingly. Do the things you own, do the things you do, do the things you buy, do they reflect? your values and priorities and this kind of enough point that you have set for yourself, okay? As I said, in the short term, you can use numbers to motivate you. They can be really great as a productivity tool as long as you don't lose sight of this big picture. And I'll share a few reasons again, I guess really just driving home why this is important. First and foremost, I think that when you focus on like trying to have as little as possible or, you know, trying to be super minimalist or whatever um, whatever floats your boat. I guess one of the problems is that it can lead to pressure and comparisons, which is, in my opinion, one of the reasons why we have so much clutter in the first place. So for example, I've worked with clients and definitely felt this way um, myself early on, where your ideal, like what you think that you want to achieve is the minimalist aesthetic like you've seen magazine photos or pinterest or instagram right you see these gorgeous clutter-free homes that are very beautiful but if we step back and remember that those are styled photos right or at least in most cases for most people if you live in your home it is not going to look like that and if you are singularly focused on trying to achieve something that Um, is potentially completely unattainable because, as I said, it's like a styled photo. Or even if it's not unattainable to everyone, it might just might not be right for you, right? I have two kids. What matters to me more than having a perfect minimalist home is having a space where we can enjoy our time as a family, right? And if I'm too focused on some kind of number or some kind of like arbitrary goal, I'm going to miss out on what really matters. It kind of reminds me of like when people set weight loss goals, right? And I apologize for those who've listened to some of the recent episodes. I do talk about like health and weight loss a lot, um, kind of as an analogy for decluttering. And I just want to just get it out there that I am sort of anti-diet culture, definitely don't feel like people, you know, need to be a certain weight or whatever. Um, but it's often such a beautiful analogy for the mistakes that people make with decluttering, Right. How many times have you sort of heard about people setting these weight loss goals that are so arbitrary, right? They're not even what is necessarily healthy for them or what's right for them because of their body shape, their age, maybe their medications, right? Like there's a million reasons why um, I, for example, am not going to be 115 pounds, right? But if I set that goal for myself because I feel this pressure from society, And I don't even, I'm just pulling numbers out of my head. Like, I don't even know what 115 pounds looks or feels like anymore. But if I let that number become my fixation, I could be so obsessed about achieving that number on the scale while, you know, I might actually feel worse. Like, I think right now, if I was going to try to achieve 115 pounds, I'd probably have to starve myself. I'm not going to feel good. I'm not going to feel healthy. I'm not going to, really, those are what I want, right? I want to be if I was trying to lose weight, which I'm, I'm really not, the goal would be to feel better in my body and starving myself to kind of reach this like arbitrary goal because that's what I feel like I'm supposed to achieve is not going to get me there. Right. So that sometimes happens with minimalism. Maybe not, you know, everyone, but I've even heard about people who sometimes have almost gone to this like opposite is- extreme as you know, I used to be a shopaholic, right? So I would be like obsessed with buying things all the time. But I've heard of situations where people have gone to the other extreme and they're obsessed with decluttering, right? They're always like on the lookout. What else can I get rid of? I feel like my home isn't minimalist enough. And that just isn't for me the right question to be asking. It's almost like another obsession with stuff. You just swung the pendulum the other direction, Okay, which kind of brings me to my next point is that the goal should never be about the stuff. The goal is about the lifestyle, okay? So even if you sit down, you say, what I really want is to declutter my home this year. That might be the words coming out of your mouth. That might be how you think you're going to achieve your goal, but it's probably not what you really want. What you want is the lifestyle that you think decluttering is going to achieve. So you think that by decluttering, You might have less stress. Um, You might think that by decluttering, you're going to have more time, right? And that might be true. In fact, it's often true, but it is not the goal in and of itself, right? Or having less stuff is not the goal in and of itself. So for example, when I think about why I declutter, right? What my ultimate goal really is, I have this vision. I want to have slower mornings, right? I don't want to be feeling pressured and rushed in the morning. I don't want to be spending every free moment of my time cleaning, right? I wanna have more of my disposal income for travel. I'm really passionate about travel. Um, I also really like, one of my favorite forms of self-care is massages. I'm a very physical, touchy-feely person, right? And like getting a massage is just one of the most glorious things. I love having that in my life. I wanna have space to do creative work, right? I'm very passionate about creating content, writing, Um, I write a blog, as some of you may know, but I also write really bad fiction as a hobby, (laughs) which I'm never going to share with you all. But I do it just because, you know, it's something that makes me happy. I want to feel good in my home. I want to feel, you know, good in my body, right? All of this is my vision for a life. That is what all my goals should be working me towards. And decluttering is a tool that can help me get there. But decluttering or living with as little as possible is not the goal in and of itself. And a really good example of that or a really good way of conceptualizing that is to imagine that overnight some kind of magical decluttering fairy came into your home, right? And poof, all the clutter, all the excess stuff that you've been wanting to get rid of just disappears overnight. And it sounds like a dream, but the hard truth is that Unless you, you know, um, some kind of rare situation where literally all of your clutter was, let's say, inherited overnight, which happens to some people, but not most, right? In most situations, your clutter is something that you have accumulated over the years, right? And there are reasons for that. We have to get to the roots of your clutter. What are the habits? What are the thoughts? What are the beliefs? What was it? that led you to have clutter in the first place. And right? and if you don't understand that and you don't stop that, getting rid of all your stuff overnight is not going to change things. Everything's going to come back to where it was. It kind of reminds me of those stories you always hear these stories about people who like win the lottery and a couple years later they lose it all and they're bankrupt. Right? They you really have to if if you're gonna win that kind of money, you have to really work on your relationship with money. And if you are going to declutter, you have to work on your relationship with clutter as well. You have to get to the roots so that you can break the cycle. Okay. So that is another reason why, again, it, it's it's sometimes less about what you get rid of and more about what you learn along the way. Right? It's like again. And I apologize. Those who have been listening to the podcast for a long time, no, I love analogies. I'm like addicted to analogies. And um, so, in this situation, it reminds me of that whole like teach a man to fish, right? It's like if you learn how to really understand your clutter, if you can get to the roots of it. If something happens, if you get sick and your house fills up with stuff again because you know you've gone through a hard time and you get depressed, like whatever it is, and you end up with clutter again. If you've done the work to really understand the roots of your clutter, you can you can declutter again. Okay, so what is it? What is the stuff that you're learning? Um, let's break this down even further. One of my favorite things about decluttering is that it teaches you the skill of intentional living. Okay, this was probably one of my first big aha moments about decluttering. In fact, if you go back to like the early days of my blog. I probably wouldn't recommend it because there's a lot of bad writing <laughs> um, back in 2015. But if you went back there, this is something I talk about a lot, a way that decluttering can be a tool for values-led living. And this is what I experienced in my life. When you're decluttering, it requires a lot of repetition, right? You are going through piles and piles of stuff. And every time you pick something up, you've got to ask yourself, right, or you can't ask yourself, how does this item help me live the life that I want most, right? We've got this vision. You've got this vision of kind of lifestyle that you want. And you can ask yourself, is this helping me achieve that? Is it bringing me closer to that life? Or is it holding me back? Is it taking me further or in the opposite direction, right? So you do that. And you do that with one item. And then you do it with 10 items. And then you do it a 100. And you do it over and over and over. And what I found is that it's almost like, muscle memory you're teaching your brain to think in new ways so that when you're thinking about making a purchase right you start thinking "hmm is this purchase gonna help me? is it gonna take me closer to the life I want right And then it goes even further you start to think about the way that you spend your time um, when you take on new commitments or when you agree to go to an event or something even relationships right you just start to think, More intentionally about everything that comes into your life. And, you know, no one's perfect. I'm not saying that we turn into robots, but it becomes a habit. And we just start to pause a little bit more and think, why do I do this? Right? Is this right for me? Is this not right for me? And that is a skill that you learn from decluttering. Also, and this is something that um, I talk about. A lot now because it's kind of a newer realization for me. It took me a long time to truly understand the value of decluttering from this other perspective, which is about self awareness. I genuinely believe a lot of our clutter stems from the fact that there's so much pressure. There's these expectations about who we think we should be, right? How we think we're supposed to behave, what we think we're supposed to own. This big giant pressure from society that's just like sitting on our shoulders and a lot of decluttering is chipping that away right um personally my own story is that I was a shopaholic primarily for like clothes shoes handbags that kind of stuff right and I can see now that I kept things because it was like literally like putting on a costume right I didn't like who I was I wasn't comfortable in my skin. There was so much about myself that I just hadn't made peace with. And so when I put on the right clothes and the right shoes, it was literally like getting dressed to go on a stage and I could pretend to be somebody who wasn't me. And as I decluttered, you know, it was kind of like the chicken and the egg situation. Everything I got rid of helped me affirm who I was and what I believed in. Right, it was like this constant cycle, right, of saying, "This is what I believe," and then acting on it, right, and that process, really, I think now um, I'm 42, and as I kind of step into, you know, with every year that passes, I think that's actually more valuable. That's probably one of the most valuable that I got out of decluttering was just changing those beliefs. In fact, I just finished writing a blog post. I think it'll be published. Maybe it'll be published by the time this episode. Um, goes on air. But anyway, one thing I say is that, like, I used to think that a successful woman had to dress a certain way. Now I've changed that belief to a successful woman wears what they want and then I'll think about what other people think, right? That was transformative for me. And it just completely changed my confidence, how I feel about myself. Like, I love myself more than I ever have, even though I'm approaching middle age and things are sagging and, you know, hair is graying, right? And I owe that self-love, I really think, to decluttering and simplify. I guess what I would really drive home is that the process of how you declutter really matters and that your goal shouldn't necessarily be to own as little as possible, but maybe you should, your goal should be to really open yourself up to self-discovery, to really understanding yourself, to approaching your clutter with curiosity and compassion, to using decluttering as a tool to create this lifestyle that you really want, okay? So yeah, the numbers, the figures, the, you know, checklist, decluttering checklist or the charts, right? They're beautiful ways to help keep you accountable, but that is not a goal in and of itself, Okay, so hopefully this inspires you to think about your decluttering a little bit different this year, and if this is something that you'd like a little bit of help with, um, because I know that like conceptually this might be really exciting, really beautiful, but you know the how can be a bit daunting, I just wanted to let you know that I am teaching a free decluttering workshop on the, I want to say the 14th, yes it's going to be Sunday, the 14th of January at 7 p.m. New York time. It is free for anyone who wants to attend, but you do need to register. So I'll put the link in the show notes, um, or you can go to simplyfarsely.com slash goodbye. Um, And the reason it's goodbye is because the very clever name for this workshop is Hello 2024 Goodbye Clutter. (laughs) So yeah, hopefully you find that a bit inspirational. Again, you can go to simplyfarsely.com slash goodbye or the link in the show notes. If you can attend live, that's great. I find that attending live events always gets me a bit more excited and a bit more motivated. Plus there's going to be time at the end of the workshop to ask any questions that you have. Um, but if you can't attend live, still register. I will send you out a replay after the event. As I said, we're really going to be diving into three decluttering mistakes that a lot of people make, Um, the number one thing that changed the way that I declutter, and also a really simple, repeatable system that I have developed that helps you declutter in a way that, one, not only gets results, right? It really helps people tackle that stubborn, sticky clutter that can be so hard to get rid of, but also declutter in a way that you get all the benefits that we talked about in this episode, right? You're really helping you create a life that you want and getting all those really beautiful sort of self-identity benefits, right? It's really about establishing who you are and what you believe in. And if that speaks to you, I hope to see you there. Okay, so (laughs) that's all for today. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you next week.
0: Thank you for listening to The Simply and Fiercely Show. If you want to learn more, you can download my free Mindful Decluttering Guide and learn all the secrets that help me go from shopaholic to minimalist. All you need to do is visit simplyfiercely.com backslash free guide. That's all one word to get instant access. Until next time, thanks again.